Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I've got to record something. Can you sit really quietly? Yeah. Good boy. Right. Ready when you are, Paul. A funny taste in music. With Andrew Bird. Hello. Um, yeah, I'm trying to record this intro with a child in the room, and I'm trying to get him to sit still. So this could be interrupted at any point. So let's get for it quick. Uh, also, if you're fans of Rod Gilbert and you're just here to listen to Rod Gilbert and you have no idea who I am or what this podcast is, you just like Rod, which is absolutely fair enough. You want me to talk for as little as possible to get into the actual podcast. I get it. I get it. Now, uh, I've, there we go. There he's interrupted it immediately. Now, I've uh, I've supported Rod on tour um, and and I'm a big fan of him as a stand-up. Always have been. Um, also, he's done this mainly, as he explains in the podcast, because we're all in lockdown and he's got literally nothing else to do. God bless him. And um, when I supported him on tour, a woman in the audience once complained that he did so long on stage that she now had to pay her babysitter another hour. He came off stage, borrowed £20 off of me to give to her to tell her, pay your babysitter with that. That's a bit of fun, bit of a laugh, but he's never paid me back, so he owes me. That's why he's here. So uh, enjoy this. Hope you hope you like it. Um, the Spotify playlist will go along with it. He teased a song that he's going to pick for it. That's going to be on it. Um, so hope you enjoy it. A funny taste in music. The interview next. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Everything's, everything's gone that way now, isn't it? used to uh, kids interrupting news programs or what have you remember when we found that funny now we're all doing yeah. it um so yeah so there's, there's no um there's no i'm gonna start wearing a hat i think start wearing anyway, a hat mate there's no Go on board uh, yeah i am yes going a bit so i reckon yeah. i might i haven't got any hair under this rough so um i just look like a potato with head you, you didn't need to tell me that you could have got away with it <laughs> yeah i'm That's sure the beauty of the hat you um, don't need to tell anyone yeah there's no explaining <laughs> nothing needed um i uh yeah. So yeah, there's no start, so that that's that's a relief, isn't it? There's no uh, there's no big introduction. There's no like big introduction. I'll do I'll do a sycophantic Oh yeah, you know, bullshit. complimentary intro. You'll have seen him on you'll have heard him on Radio Wales yeah. a few years ago before he ill advisedly gave up his radio show just before the live comedy work all disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> you'll remember uh, him from go. shows such as <laughs> that'll be it i'll try and display some kind of sincerity yeah, towards it as well yeah. he but, knows um, his music you might remember him from uk's best part-time band in 2016 no no anyone no <laughs> no only got one yeah. series no <laughs> uh on your show on on the show i do remember uh thinking you choose you chose a lot of your own music though on that all of it really so you kind Apart of from the shit you stuff. Feel like you've uh, Radio Wales, Radio Wales <laughs> had a few choices every now and again. I tried, yeah. I, I, I broadly, I chose the the music, and then sometimes if I if I couldn't be bothered or if I didn't have time or something, then the the producers down there would would um, choose a few and then, and and you know and they'd consult with me and see what I thought. And um, but generally, they got the hang of or they understood what what it was I was trying to do. So they uh, they were they were on board with that, you know. So they were pretty good at choosing stuff as well. Oh, that's good then. But they um, uh, was there stuff that they recommended that you said, oh, absolutely not, no? Uh, every now and again, they would try and sneak something a bit more Radio Wales in. Every, you know, we used to have conversations every now and again because it was quite kind of, you know, Radio Wales is very um, sort of, uh, I guess, middle of the road. Is a, is a, is, is, it sounds derogatory, but it's not, me- it's not meant to be. It's, you know, it's just meant to appeal to a, the widest number of people, I guess, and Radio Wales is a national radio station of that. That's what they're trying to do. But some of that was a little bit too, to use middle of the road derogatory, <laughs> derogatory sense. It was a bit too middle of the road for me. There's nothing wrong with middle of the yeah. road, but some of it's a bit too middle of the road for me. Some of it was clinging so tightly yeah, to that central think- reservation that I thought, I'm not having this. Uh, and so I would, I would go. No, I can't play that. I'm yeah. not playing it. And, and they, but they were fine. They, you know, there were never any arguments about it. We, they under, you know, we all. It was all cool. But I would try and I would go to That's like I would go to Six Music or I would, or I would 
trawl the internet or YouTube and just find stuff that I liked. And I, I sort of, I tried to introduce new stuff. So I, I liked it when I got emails going, hey, I've, I'd never heard Bob Evans before or Songhoi Blues or whatever it was at the time back in the day, or this is the kit. Or th- little things like that that I would find and bring to Radio Wales. And then, and then they would... Um, you, you know that your listeners would discover so I, I really I really enjoyed that aspect of it and equally I used to go to people like Beth and Elvin uh who's um, on Radio Wales and, and does a proper music show she's a proper mu- music head yeah, yeah. you know not like me she's really really into her music and stuff and I would go with her and and get get things from her recommendations and pick up stuff from her and then I would put it on my show um, you know, so it was, oh, nice. yeah, it was a nice little, yeah, it's a nice way of finding out new music and discovering new things and then passing that on to other people. That's all gone from my life now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is, um, bringing up bad memories for you now then. Sorry. Well, this I, is the right old rake, raking of the bones, raking of pain, painful, brittle bones. I like the thought of you ringing her up and going, right, what you got for me? Yeah. Desperate. I like <laughs> yeah. the thought of those phone calls. I would got more like week? just check into her show. We should a late night show on sort of thing or, or, or yeah, you know, we would, uh, I would more like that. So I wouldn't usually like ring her up and go, what you got? Hey, Elvin, what you got for me this week? But I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But it, I foolishly, I, you know, I loved that radio show every Saturday morning. Well, not every Saturday morning. But, you know, when no. when we were available, when we were around, we used to come in this basement, do that radio show. But then I gave it up to go back on tour, thinking I can't do both. Yeah. I can't do a, a big stand-up tour um, and uh, a radio show on a Saturday morning. It's just too hard work at my age. So I gave up the radio show. And then, of course, the whole live scene collapsed, leaving me with nothing. Hence why I'm on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's the only reason I'm here, and I want you to know it. I've got nothing. I, oh, I, got I don't nothing. think I don't know it. <laughs> I don't, don't, well, this is why during this intense lockdown, I thought get people like you in quick before they're busy again. Uh, Yeah. You know that. I know that. Everyone knows the only reason I am here is because I've got nothing. Yeah, I'm comfortable (laughs) with that. (laughs) Same, I mean, to be fair, it's exactly the same principle as when you did my podcast a few weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) I know the only reason you did it was to get out of homeschooling for an hour. There's some busy, busy podcasts at the moment. As soon as <laughs> Boris Johnson makes an announcement, we're all emailing each other. Every, Even, uh, I read it yesterday. I don't know if it was a joke or serious. That's how, that's how bad it's got. I can't tell. Somebody said that a new podcast starts every 30 seconds. I couldn't tell if that was a joke or genuine or completely. Oh, that's, that's funny. That's like the uh, you're never more than three metres away from a rat. Yeah. Podcasts are getting like rats. That, <laughs> yeah. that, you're right. That sounds almost like a joke, but that could yeah. that could well be true. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I wasn't sure. It could, it could easily be true. But it's probably 20 seconds now. That was an hour ago I read that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what, well, you know, I was trying to be the last comedian without a podcast, but I gave in. I yeah. wilted yeah. as well. Yeah. well. Well, I think you probably were the last comedian without a podcast, to be fair. Yeah, I like I like it when I text someone like you to ask if you'll come on the podcast. I can hear the other end of the phone people going, "Oh fuck me, another podcast." <laughs> I didn't do that actually, didn't you? No, I thought, "Oh, there's my lovely friend Andrew Bird asking to do a podcast about music." That sounds like fun. Plus, I've got nothing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, actually, don't forget and, that. And don't don't forget re- how important that is. You, I've got nothing. I'd already cornered you on your podcast. I said it, and it was recorded, and it was documented. Uh, Will yeah, you come you on Plus mine? You, yeah, you had me. Exactly, you had me. Yeah, yeah that made it <laughs> you awkward. You had me banged to rights. Yeah. I did. I remember on that podcast, though, at the start, a very Pouring enjoyable Pouring myself moment. a coffee. I'm not having a wee. If, it sounds, if you can hear something. 
Oh yeah, I haven't just gone to the toilet. That's <laughs> just pour myself. Yeah, a that little good point. You mentioned that because I've got the visual here, so I was all right with it. Yeah, I've you were. People right, haven't yeah. got the audio. The other thing is, yeah. my dog is kicking off in the background. I don't know if you can hear that. That's all right. That's my mind's here as well. That would be that would uh, be a delivery, a parcel, because that's the other thing everyone's doing every thirty seconds, isn't it? I mean, my day yeah. today is parcel podcast, parcel podcast, parcel podcast, parcel <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I come down here, record a podcast, <laughs> and then and then I run upstairs to see somebody disappearing down the street, waving back at me in a parcel near, near somewhere near the house. <laughs> yeah, their job's got a lot easier, isn't it? They don't even have to wait. They're they're already in the van as you open the door. It's just like oh, it's, you know. Um, <laughs> They take sometimes they take a photo of you with the parcel. I know that I really, that. but that really freaks me out. As somebody who's a little bit in the public eye, that yeah. really freaks me out. And of oh, course, they first you just thought that was you. No, it's not that I just thought it was me, but it just it just unsettles me a bit, you know, because they take yeah. a picture of you on your doorstep with your house number, everything clearly, thing, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm done anything about it, but I don't know what to do about I'll it. I'll be honest. Maybe I'll start coming out with a bag over my head. <laughs> at first I thought they really liked our dog because the dog was always there at the door I thought oh must be dog fan dog lovers yeah. dog lovers a lot of these I mean some um, of them probably are there's probably the Venn diagram there are probably is a crossover between de- de- delivery drivers and dog lovers yeah it's got yeah it's got to be a link um, well, they get barked up a fair bit I, I've uh, I was doing flyering through doors uh, for our comedy club and getting barked at by dogs. I was going to say, has and it got that bad, buddy? No, no, this was before. before I, the thought you ju- I thought you just meant for like things like pizzas and stuff like that. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pizza offers. Yeah, the, my my um, Virgin Media need to know that I am never going to go to Virgin. They need to stop posting me free stuff. I wish they'd post and me. I'll, I'll happily go. Oh, I won't. BT can fuck right off. Oh, well, see, my broadband speed. I'm, ha- I'm having to use. I'm having to use. Uh, I've got a cable running from here all the way up there, yeah. up the stairs, round there, and up to my modem. I'm, I have to. I have to cable it because I'm in. I'm in London, and the internet is so bad. I'm on ten mbps, ten millibits, whatever it is, in central London. Yeah. I spoke to Barry, our producer on the Froth podcast. Get the plug in. Yeah. I said, "What are you?" Yeah, yeah. I said, "What's your speed at the moment? Check your speed." He said, 300. You're on 10? I'm on 10. He's on 300. Mind you, I went to Pembrokeshire uh, last week to do a bit of work down there in rural West Wales. I checked the speed down yeah. there. Eight. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that seems more Eight. acceptable <laughs> in rural Wales. Yeah, yeah, it that's does, something yeah. That, that goes, so that's part and parcel with the views that you get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you get the, the countryside. Yeah, exactly. You get the but views. in London, you're getting none of that. You're getting the congestion. You're getting yeah. all the urban... And you'd get none of the speed of the Wi-Fi. Yeah, you'd hope for if you have to. Exactly. I'm cabled as well. Also with BT. Are you all cabled up? Are you? Yeah, I'm fully plugged in here. Do you know what really winds me up is that BT constantly send us things going on about how great they are and how fast it is and how super fast. (laughs) I know exactly how fast it is, mate. Ten. Yeah. Out out of at least three (laughs) hundred. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, Virgin though they can still every day. I'm getting something from them. I'm the I'm not eating Domino's. They need to give in as well. <laughs> but um, but no, I was flying for the comedy club, putting flight from our comedy club in Bista, and um, and dogs barking every time you put a flyer through. And it's a low moment when you hear yourself out loud telling a dog to fuck off, isn't it? 
Yeah. You're a dog barking, you just instinctively go, fuck off. Oh, fuck off. You know Life's tough enough there. as it is. Yeah. Gonna get people to my Zoom comedy club on lockdown without you shouting at me. Yeah. But, um, uh, so on the radio show as well, no, on the podcast, I remember we were talking and there was a bit at the start where you mentioned Dr. Feelgood. All right. Oh, yeah, I did. And yeah. Sean, your wife, clearly had know, no clue who Dr. Feelgood was. No idea. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I could hear in your voice immediately that mischievous twinkle that you were aware immediately she didn't know who Dr. Feelgood yeah, was. Yeah, I was on it. I was and you, on it. Yeah, it was yeah, very like, enjoyable. Like, like a greyhound, like a greyhound who's just had his first nip of rabbit's tail. I was like, fucking, she's going down. She's going, she's going down. And you she was like a rabbit going round the bend. I was like the greyhound who just nipped at the tail, then the rabbit's gone into the bend, and the greyhound's lost her a bit, but he's, that rabbit's had it. She was gonna. Yeah, yeah. She was a goner. Yeah. I don't know who Dr. Feelgood is. Oh, the fun we had with that. So who is it? Yeah, who is it? Kept... Who did, who, force her to guess. That's the next move, always. Once you've got somebody there on the ropes like that, force them to guess who Dr. Feelgood is. And then sit <laughs> that's back and exactly enjoy it. Sit back and exactly enjoy what it. you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. exactly your technique. Of course. I can't you push her up against you get finger in the chest, up against the fence. Who is he, Doctor Feelgood? <laughs> I think she thought he was someone from Wales, didn't she? Probably. She thinks everyone's from Wales. Yeah, um, I can't remember. I, what, I can't remember what she said. You'd have to listen to the podcast. Yeah, go back, listen to that. <laughs> listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So there, immediately, my ears were twigged that oh, Rod, Rod knows some. Rod knows that's not middle of the road. That's something you'd have had to push to get on Radio Wales, a bit of Dr. Phil uh, Good, I'd say. Well, it certainly, I certainly would have played it. But oh, uh, again, so it, you... like I say, I was pushing it an open door with Radio Wales. They were, they were, they were very good. You know, they, that's the thing with music producers as well, music show producers. They, they, they like a bit of that, don't they? They like, they like, uh, they like a bit of uh, slightly less, um, uh, you know, less stuff that's played a little bit less. It is a good feeling, like you just said a minute ago. It's quite addictive, that. Hang on, there's my one. Hang on. There's your dog. Go on, then. <coughs> Hang on, I'm going to have to go and let, let him in the house. I'll be one second. Right, go on, then, go in. I'm in the office. Welcome back. In the garden. And um, and he barks at the door to be let out, and then I let him out, and then he goes and barks at the back door to be let in the house. Yeah. So I've got to go run and let him in. And then I, I mean, to be fair a... to him, he's got nothing else to do, has he? I let I emptied half a box <laughs> of biscuits on the kitchen floor to try and keep him there for at least half an hour. And the um, the kids don't help. They just, do you know, when he gets no, upstairs, I expect they, did they spot the biscuits on the all over the kitchen floor? <laughs> no, no, the dog biscuits, but they'll have them as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but they uh, whenever he does something wrong, they find it funny to go, "Good boy, Tony." If he climbs on the fucking table and steals food off the Tony. plate, they'll go, "Good." <laughs> boy tony <laughs> they find it hilarious but um yeah i was gonna say it's it is a good feeling like you said on the radio that must be addictive when you put something a little bit not you know just just oh, off, and i loved looking for stuff the as well i loved i loved looking for, i miss that i miss that's missing from my life now that thing of looking for for music you know that that just i uh Obviously, going through record shops and stuff at the moment is a bit of a, is a no-no under lockdown. But um, but just yeah. going out into the world and looking for for stuff. So you know, I used to go to Six Music a bit. Um, I'd go to I don't know, just just you just get on um, Spotify th- things like that and just start 
just see because one thing always leads to another, doesn't it? As soon as you start looking for music, yeah. you do, before you know it, you've lost half a day and you've and you've gone through so much different stuff. But um, yeah, I like to, yeah. I like I, I like to think I brought a few a few things to uh, to uh, Radio Wales on a Saturday morning. But but there again, it was a small. It's kind of low risk as well because it's because it was a small show with hardly anyone listening to it. And so they were also quite happy to take a risk on stuff. I think. I think if it had been a popular show, then I wouldn't have got away with it. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Always... I think they'd have had more of an eye on it and gone, "Hang on a minute, we've actually got quite a few listeners now. Stick Celine Dion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stick Celine Dion on repeat." I'm not having it, Rod. I've heard how popular that show was. I'm not having it. You can't keep doing this. Yeah, but you heard that from me. You heard that from me. I'm telling you now, full disclosure, (laughs) nobody listened to it. I always used to joke about how nobody listened to it. And it wasn't a joke. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, they, um, it was, it's a good, it's a good feeling though. You must miss that. I am, I'm I'm hoping, because there's got to be people out there that are into a band, obsessed with a band, and they'll be out to say, Where, where'd you, how'd you get into them? Heard it on a Rod Gilbert's radio show. That's yeah. a good feeling. I'm hoping yeah, well, I miss that. that. I miss that. That has gone from my life. That that thing of of the idea of that you are uh, bringing, introducing stuff that you really love and you're excited about somebody else getting into or liking or just then. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's gone from my life. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. But you can... You can text me every now and again. Yeah, I can text you. Have you heard? Have you heard this? Yeah, I suppose I could do that. Yeah, I, I mean, do that. I mean, that's actually, all I've got. <laughs> actually, that's reaching just as wide an audience as the Radio Wales Radio Show. <laughs> <laughs> In but, fact, um, if I just done text to all, that would probably be reached a wider audience than doing live radio for twelve years. <laughs> I think it might have been this attitude that was pushing listeners away, you know, Ron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I they, they didn't they'd want have to have come in the first ship. place to do that. Yeah, but um, I um, I do you ever listen to Bob Harris? He was a good one to find new stuff. Radio, uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, sometimes him, yeah. So now, so now, what do you do? Just like what else did you used to do when you say you used to go out there and look? I like the thought of you scavenging. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Music. Actually, six music was Spotify. Uh, well, Six Music was probably my main one. I used to go to uh, Apple Music and I would go on there and go, I'd go, I would just literally do things like this. So I would go into Apple Music, uh, have a look at curated playlists on Apple Music, and then I would go, okay, so let's go to French hip hop, uh, which I quite like, <laughs> or let's go to French electronic uh, music. And uh, I, there's a few tracks that I played a lot on Radio Wales that came from. Um, searching for French electronic music. And one of them is still in my um, playlist in my interval, in my tour show. When I was on tour, I've got about 10 tracks that I played before the show, yeah. middle, you know, during the intervals. So one of them is a French electronic... Uh, yeah, what's it called? I can't, I can't remember now. That's a bit, I've been you on tour for a year. Fr- I was not expecting that. French electronic music you were getting into. Uh, I wouldn't say I'd get into it, but I would find the tracks that I that I loved. I wish I could play a few now. I really feel like... I, you can't even see the middle of the fucking road from there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely on the verge. That's in the verge. It? it is. It's in, yeah. the, it's in the verge. That's crashed into a hedge. Yeah. Um, um, but so things like that. And then I would bring that to Radio Wales and, and, and they let me play it, you know, which was which was brilliant. I can't remember. What the hell was that track called? I'll, I'll find it for you and play it for you later, I'm sure. Don't worry. I'll, I'll be mentioning later. We're doing a Spotify playlist Are that you? goes along with this. Oh, yes. What the hell was it called then? 
I'll find it. At Don't the end worry. Of this. I'm determined because I want to. Yeah, yeah. I want to find it and play it anyway. I like it. Don't worry. At the end of this, what happens is I listen back to the edited version, and then I make a list of all the music that's mentioned by you, and then I email you that list. You email me back a, a track you'd pick. Oh, there's a whole... I don't need to... Right, there's a whole elongated, tedious follow-up process of weeks of back and forth. Is there oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff? There's a lot of admin that goes on after this. Right, so oh, okay. I, this is a bigger okay. commitment than that text yeah. first uh, would have suggested. But, yeah, um, okay. But didn't know that exactly, and if I can see already, you're like, oh, not, not up for that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, most people aren't. But then, as soon as they see the list and they go, oh, all right, and they get into it, oh, people have been loving it. Yeah, well, of course they do because I, I really want to find out what that French track. Was. I can hear it in my head, and I just can't remember what it was. Yeah. But I loved bringing th- stuff like that. I had really get excited about playing that. You know, you you know, you'd have your more mainstream stuff like I don't know whatever it might be, like an uh, you know an REM or a, whatever whatever it might be. You know, and yeah. then. Um, and then you'd stick on a bit of uh, French electronic stuff or some French hip hop or something, whatever that week I'd been looking for, or Songhoi blues, that kind of uh, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, it was really exciting when somebody goes, "Oh, I loved that track. What was it?" You know, and, and it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah, just sneak that in and then uh, talk about squirrels for about an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a nice juxtaposition with the absolute yeah <laughs> bullshit we used to talk about as well. Yeah, that that was uh, that must there must be some kind of world record that was achieved when I did the podcast. Your podcast with you, the froth. There's a, a series of questions for the show, and we only got through one. And we the recording was nearly three hours, and it, all of it was talking about a a lost squirrel, ferrets. That was it. Ferrets. A, a ferret. Jesus. I can't believe you talked about it for nearly that. three hours and you can't even you don't even yeah. know what it was. <laughs> I was wondering, blind. I was wondering why you talked about squirrels for the whole three hours when, the, when <laughs> we were talking about ferret. Yeah, the, there was a story about a ferret <laughs> turning up in somebody, um, a, some, somebody's ferret. I don't want to get back into the whole three hours, but I'll summarise it for you. A ferret had gone missing yeah. and uh, had, had, had been seen running through the town like Wee Willy Winky, all had been spotted all over town and then got in somebody's bed at the end of the night in bed with a stranger. That was the, that was all it was, the story. And yeah, we talked about that it for about two and a half, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Three hours we talked about that. Didn't <laughs> yeah. get to any other questions. We, we didn't really even in. really get started. We didn't even answer we, that question, I don't we think. We didn't really um, even get to the bottom of it. So your radio show was a sort of short of the... That? You wouldn't let that go for three hours, clearly. A producer would get involved. Yeah, it was a, a two-hour um, show. But Yeah. <laughs> so there was bits of that. You can't do three hours on ferrets in a two-hour show, mate. No. Well, yeah, you <laughs> you had it edited for the podcast. That's but, the problem with radio. Some... Problem with live radio is yeah. somebody on after you. That's the beauty of the podcast. I told you, I got nothing. We can carry on talking forever on you. Yeah, that would be funny. A day of uh, radio shows overrunning, and more, more <laughs> and more. Just the, who does the graveyard hour is ends up doing the breakfast show. Just pissed off, angry, <laughs> had no sleep. Yeah. I like radio like that. Just yeah, uh, the wild west of radio. But um, and uh, so yeah, so you. Uh, I was going to say as well about your live shows on tour because I supported you in two thousand and ten, mm. and I do remember the music then as it goes. I remember I thought you chose the music for the intervals and stuff like that. Did you mm. choose? I think you said. I think I asked you, and you said Simon Mason, your tour manager, chose. You had a great song for the end of that tour, the Cat That Looked Like Nicholas Lindhurst tour. Great show. Mm. Um, at the end, you had Paolo Nettini, pencil, pencil full, of, full lead. of lead. Yeah, I did. Yeah, which was quite, which is quite That's sort a... of mainstreamy, really, wasn't it? It was quite, quite middle. But it's a you know. cracking, 
cracking end. It's a tricky yeah, it was one. A good, to it was a good. It was a show. good tune for. It was a good tune for the end of the show. It fitted well at the end of the show. But yeah, no, I think no, that, that would have been my. They would all have been my uh, choices. I'm right. pretty confident. I doubt if uh, if I'd have let Simon choose anything. You wouldn't give him that authority. <laughs> no way. You say uh, let Simon him choose Mason. anything. He chose. He chose everything outside of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. He, might, he, might, have, he might have chosen. I can't. I can't remember. We, but we would have done it very closely together. You know, uh, we probably did. We probably discussed it, and maybe he. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I can't. I can't remember. But yeah, but, I, but it was. It worked. It worked well. That yeah. I remember thinking that uh, perfect song for an end of. As I remember watching people because I'd stay and watch you, obviously, and uh, at the end, I remember watching people walking out, having really enjoyed the show with that song. And I remember thinking, oh, that's good. Seeing people, because you don't see that, because you're off and back in the, in the green yeah. room. But I remember watching the theatre emptying with a really good song. It's a, re- it's a nice sight to see a whole theatre of people going, oh, that was really good. I always put a lot of thought into that end song. So, so the tour I'm on now, um, well, the last two tours actually have been Divine Comedy I've, I've ended the night on. So, I've, so I say goodnight, I come off stage, this is the bit we're talking about, and then this is as people, yeah. the lights are coming back on, people are leaving. Um, I try and leave them feeling a certain way. And um, so I think, I think on, the, on the 2000, and, I think after that one, I had, do, um, let's go tour for tour. Talk me through your last song. Tour for tour, last tour song. For tour. Good night. Big cheer. Right, okay, then you want a song. Right, so the one we're doing now is I'm trying to leave them. Was your first one? Oh, mince pie. That's okay. That's twelve years ago. What was I finishing on on mince pie? I can't remember. I'm going to be honest. I can't remember it. It'll come back to me. So the next one after that Uh, was next one after that was Nicholas Linders, which is the one you're talking about. Yeah. One after that was one after that. Well, the song, the show finished with. wouldn't it be nice by the Beach Boys? But that was part of the song. That was part of the show. Lovely. It was. It was to a video yeah. montage of me and a baked potato in New York, look, having a lovely time. I remember it? Wouldn't it be nice? And then after that, to leave was um, Divine Comedy, National Express. So very oh. uh, sort of uh, feel good, upbeat, bit quirky. Yeah. Very nice. And then this one that I've tour interrupted at the moment that I was in the middle of that I hopefully go back to one day is um, I wanted a more bittersweet thing um, because it's about yeah. a show about me and a bloke who, who start off with nothing in common and then end up with finding driving each other up the wall but finding common stuff between us so I wanted something a bit bittersweet and it's about my mum dying and my, and, well now my dad dying but it's not, it wasn't about that the time <laughs> That's lockdown for you. I'll have to rewrite the fucking show now. Um, yeah, your dad was he, ill. At the, uh, my dad was ill. dad was in, ill at in, the time. In a home. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so I, I chose Absent Friends, yeah. by, which is a, a less well-known divine comedy track, which has got, ah, nice. which is a much more bittersweet kind of, uh, uh, it's a beautiful song. I absolutely love it. So uh, I, I put that on the end. So it leaves people sort of uh, with mixed emotions leaving. Uh, hopefully nice uh, lovely reflects the show but i do put quite a lot of thought into it despite the fact that i can't remember the one after the mince pie (laughs) yeah yeah but no you did that i do remember that i remember i remember thinking how perfect that song was for the end of a show and it made me put a lot more thought into the song i had at the end of like edinburgh shows i had to put more thought what have you had most recently well, I have, to, I have to put more thought in than you because I have to bear in mind that a lot of my Edinburgh shows are not going to end well. 
<laughs> Your, yours are, oh, come along. <laughs> yours are raucous, sold-out theatre shows where everyone's happy and it's a lovely memory. No, hey, Mine... Not, hey, let me, just, let me just correct you there, mate. Not everyone is happy after my shows. <laughs> well, mine, just, go, just go online and <laughs> would be thirty-eight people in a in a room in Edinburgh. That that's quite kind, to be fair. Um, uh, I'm questioning whether I can ever do stand up again, and this song's playing, so I have to put a lot of thought in. Do I want to fucking ruin a song forever yeah. for myself? Are you are you basically when you are you choosing a song that just tries to give you a little lift at the end of a shit night? Yeah, there's that as well. Yeah, I've, I've had the risk before of having quite a melancholy nice song, but I thought, well, I can't have them walking out like that. That's just underlining it. You just need a song. When you come off stage, you just need, you need a fucking pick-me-up. You just yeah. need, don't you? You need a musical pick-me-up to get your chin off the floor, I, yeah. to try and get you through the evening. You've had a shit yeah, gig some, again. I need... <laughs> I need to, <laughs> I need, I'm considering whether I can ever do stand-up. I'm questioning yeah, everything. everything. I'm thinking of all the money I've lost. Yeah. I yeah. need something immediately. Yeah. Some of them people yeah. in that audience have suffered for an hour. They need something. Yeah, we all. Everyone needs a lift, mate, after your gigs, I find. Everyone just... And music's yeah. great like that. Music can really yeah. drag you out from the doldrums, can it? From the, from the pits yeah. of despair. Yeah. That uh, is, yeah. That's the amazing thing about music. 38 people and you, all 39 of you, a really yeah. great upbeat track can give you a little lift. As soon as they've walked out of the room and the song's gone, then obviously the, the depression's going to set back in. and the, the unha- Yeah, they're going to go <laughs> immediately online and leave comments. But for those three and a half minutes... Yeah. And with a bit of luck, they'll say something about the music. They'll, yeah, they'll yeah. try and put something positive in about the music at the end. Yeah, that could take... They, yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. want to talk about the show, but what an uplifting tune he picked at the end. Yeah. Two stars. Um, <laughs> that was the Times, yeah, had... the Times review, that was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's Steve Bennett Chortle. Um, I, yeah, I've had, I can't remember what ones I've had now. I've had, um, I did have my second one. I had John Allen, who's, uh, yeah. his music is on the start of this podcast. He's somebody, you, wouldn't, you might not have heard of him. I He's uh, somebody I know. Um, oh, is it? Really? From, from the pub I used to work in, the Bedford, the Banana Cabaret. He used to play music in the corner. Ah, right, Got okay. to know him. He lived nearby. Is that where I wedding. know the name then? Is that where I know his name from? I think so, because I'll probably be, yeah. mention him to you. Yeah. I'll probably oh, try and get be, yeah. you to play <laughs> him on Radio <laughs> Wales. <laughs> could be, yeah. Um, but yeah, I had his song, and so from that I thought, well, I've ruined that song for myself now. So uh, he and, and for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him that, uh, you know... There was a lot riding on his uh, writing every night for yeah. for a month in August. He yeah. had li- little did he know while he wrote that song. Um, but one I did have that I thought was a cracking one for the end of a show, and that was a good. That show actually went all right. Um, uh, was uh, Stereophonics have a nice day? Oh yeah, I know. that's a lovely end. But but yeah. but as you walk out. You could see I'd really learnt from the Edinburgh. Festival before that, that I really got to up it. Yeah, with a music choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit. It's important. It is important. People leaving. It is. It is important to give it some thought. And any uh, yeah. any up and coming comedians listening, I would definitely give that the music some thought. I mean, equally, I put a lot of thought into the before the show uh, and in the interval as well. 
and I try and see, yeah, I try and stick I, some quirky stuff in it. So that French electronica, that's in, that's in my interval as well. Because I'm even there, I'm trying to sort of go. I might just try and introduce some to a bit of uh, <laughs> something they might not have heard. Even then, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that little uh, curation thing yeah. of, in, of introducing music, even in the intervals. I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's good that it's good that you rise above the uh, <laughs> you rise above the temptation to get the offstage mic and just go. Uh, just in case anyone's wondering, that is <laughs> yeah, yeah. that is so. so well, you, you can find their music on. So, yeah, I guess, I guess I just I guess I just really miss doing that on Radio Well. So I I've, yeah, I'm even trying to do it in surreptitiously in my in my gig subliminally. That is good to hear. I uh, um, I remember doing a gig once where Milton Keynes Wednesday night. It's an all right gig. I compare it regular once a month. Uh, Stables Theatre, lovely theatre. You might have yeah, done very Stables. Ni- I know point. very well, yeah, very nice. It's a lovely theatre. And um, the little studio room, little 80-seat studio yeah. room on a Wednesday, lovely. Not, I've never, I've never been in there. there. I've never been in there, obviously. Oh, obviously you've never seen that. Probably is used that, it as a green Is that next room, to the big main room, is it, the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you might have put your coat in there or yeah. something. Is it but, when you come um, out of the main room after after your great, and then you come is, you come past the toilets? Is there in the co- is there? Is it that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, Just I've that puddle of spit out <laughs> in front of it, um, <laughs> where main acts have walked past it. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, past it. yeah, yeah. The the little studio room with a comedy night on a Wednesday. Now the audience there, it's next to a, a little village that's very posh. So the audience is quite middle aged and posh. They're nice. Yeah, but you're not getting a lot on a Wednesday night. They, they'll stare at you, but um, so it can be hard. The first act normally dies, second act just about pulls it round, and we all go home and we meet up in a month. That's pretty much it. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard to get any energy going, and the techies. It's usually is this a, re- a regular gig you do? Yeah, yeah. I keep going back. Why, why did you do, Why did you do it there if it's so hard every time? I think my self esteem <laughs> is too high. Right, you, you um, just keep it. Keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes I think I'm too confident. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not my gig. I just regularly host it, uh, yeah. and and so there's not a lot of energy. It's a Wednesday night. You know, they've all got to drive there because it's the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So half yeah. of them are sober. It sounds like the least. perfect place to do a to do a, a midweek gig yeah. in a place lacking atmosphere with yeah. uh, old sober people. Sober people or <laughs> uh, people that are definitely drink driving. There's a combination of sober, ah, okay, miserable yeah. people and lawbreakers. Yeah. Um, so this techie, the techies are usually, they're uh, usually volunteers, so you can't have a go. But he decided one month to play... Barely audible, so low, really low blues for the whole interval, like a blues best of yeah. at a low volume for the whole yeah. interval. There's a science behind interval music, I've heard. Play it fairly loud, so not too loud, but quite loud, so people have to talk a bit louder, so there's a bit more energy. Yeah. He played it low to make people just start mumbling. Yeah. With yeah, well, that, that, that psychology of, of volumes of music is something that we, you know, I've thought about a lot and we talk, I talk about a lot with when you get to venues and stuff. That's one, one of, I've, I mean, I've got my tour manager, Simon Mason, now and he knows exactly what we're doing. But um, the if I ever I go to a gig, the number of conversations I've had where we go, pump the music up, because you if you pump the music up, people talk over it. They talk loudly over it yeah. and they get animated and energetic. If you put the music quietly... People whisper under it. That's what happens. Yeah. And so, yeah. Again, anyone listening, if you're running a gig, put the music up quite loud. So what? So what he did was blues at a low volume. That's what he went for after the first act. And me, compound, he just died. I thought, 
This gig can't get a lot worse, can it? They do like, though, techies and stuff. They're they're, they're, uh, real characters. They're a real breed of their own techies in theatres and pubs and stuff like that. The people looking after the sound of the lights and everything. They they often have their own agenda. They've got their... And and they're trying to entertain themselves. You know, they they just put their their own music that they like at the level they they want. And it's nothing to do with the gig, really. They just... Yeah, Yeah. they're on their own... A lot of them are on their own pathway, aren't they? Yeah, they're self-employed. They're not. They're not working for you. They're working for them, and they make that quite clear straight away. Like, <laughs> like I, I, you know, they're like, I'll, I'll do, I'll do what I'm going to do. You can ask me to do shit, but I don't work for you. Let's make that clear. And yeah, I've got yeah, nothing they, but they contempt plan, they for you. Chart their own course. A lot of techies. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I like them. They're funny. Good people. Um, good people. Well, I like your sound check for your uh, the cat that looked like Nicholas Lindhurst show. You didn't even realise you did this a lot of the time. There's a bit where. You had a bit where you were like doing a fake like argument that you were having with your girlfriend at the time, and it was a uh, uh, you used to shout. So that was your sound check. You would shout, "I've told you," or something like that. Like, stop going on about it. And you used to do that to do the sound check. Now you often saw the techie go, "Fucking hell, is he talking to me?" They thought that you were just instantly walking on and complaining about the sound and shouting at them. Yeah, and I kept told meaning you a to bring that up. Times. <laughs> yeah, that's how you did the sound check. And they used to I don't remember that, that but I do remember the music. Well, that, yeah, that's good. Um, Around that show. So, so you, when I asked you to do this podcast as well, you kind of went, well, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know. Uh, which made me think, oh, you might not be into music that much. You just play what you play on radio, but you sound like you've been, you're well into well, music. I, I, don't, I don't know. I know people who are really into music. So, uh, you know, Lloyd Langford, for example, so heavily into blues, so nerdy. Just sits there yeah. all all morning when I used to live with him, just sitting in his dressing gown on his enormous feet, just sitting there, <laughs> just sitting there, just and I, you know, I'd say, "What are you doing?" And he would just be ploughing through obscure CDs of blues artists that you've never heard of, and then that, and then ordering them all on online. <laughs> this is years ago, and uh, you know he just bet he, just I'll, thousands I'll bet. and thousands of these obscure blues things. A passion that he got from his dad, I think, and you know. So yeah. I'm not like that. I'm not like that. I bet his intervals are quite turgid for his tour shows. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, his life is turgid, isn't it? Let's face it. Everything um, about him. <laughs> uh, I've just mentally booked him for a future podcast. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, I'm yeah. booking for that Milton Keynes gig as well. They'll love him. Yeah, yeah, he'll bring it up in the, in the second <laughs> half after he's requested yeah. blues for the pissing yeah. interval. Um, I do find I'm not listening to music as much now. Yeah, and I, I keep trying to put, that. and I keep trying to correct it. I keep trying. I keep telling myself, "You're not listening to music as much now. You're missing it." And go and do something, but you know, and and then I'll have a spurt where I'll buy a load of albums, vinyl, yeah. uh, oh. you know, and then and then I'll buy too many, and and then you've because in the old days you just used to. I found it a lot easier in the old days because you used to sort of save up, you know, or 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 you'd 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 think I I want to buy. I'm going back to the nineties, probably two thousands. You would you'd you'd kind of go, you know, you'd wake up one morning and go, I really want to get the blur. Yeah. The, the new Blur album. I want to get that, yeah. and then you and then you'd either you know save up for it, or you'd just or you'd go to a town and you'd get it, and then you'd get it home and you'd play it and you'd play it and you'd play, it, and then you'd take it out when you went out with the Walkman. You'd you'd have it on in yeah. your Walkman, and then you went in the car. You'd have it on in the car, and you played it, and then you'd a few weeks later you'd go. I really want the Air album, you know, or Radiohead or whatever it would be, you know, in the nineties, and then you'd get that one and do the same thing. And now, with as soon as um, MP3 players came along. So I used to have an iRiver. Before I had an iPod, 
had yeah. an iRiver, River, which was a really good quality sort of iPod, but better quality, really. Little thing, um, just a little MP3 thing, and I had thousands. And I put not only did I put all my music on there, recorded onto it, but I also, whenever I got went to stay with anyone, and this is highly illegal, don't try this at home, but oh, on the circuit. This, yeah. So I, I would go and stay, you know, I would go and do a gig in Birmingham, I would stay with Gary Delaney in Birmingham, you know, comic, uh, you yeah. see, I'll mock the week a lot, or you know, or, or, or I would stay, you know, if it was with you or, or wherever, whoever we were gigging together, you'd stay with that comic's house, loads of you, and then I would literally just get all of their CDs off their CD rack, you know, like, and I put 30. 30 of them there, and I would transfer them all. On So suddenly, I had 30 new CDs that day. Well, you, and, yeah. then, and then you just wouldn't really listen to them, you know, and so, and so suddenly you've got, you know, 28,000 tracks on, on, on digitally, it, and 20,000 of them, you're never going to listen to. And, I, and yeah. that was, I think, for me, the, the, the start where music for me started to go a bit. And, yeah. and and the Radio Wales thing was really good because it because it it kept me in the in the mix a bit on music. But I, I found now I don't listen to it anywhere near as much as I I'd like to. Yeah, because you used to buy an album and like you said, but I've done that where I've gone. Oh, I want that album and that. I've been meaning to get that. If I buy three or four albums at the same time, I don't enjoy any of them no, as much as no, I would no. have. You spread yourself too thinly music wise. Def hundred percent. Yeah. It yeah. becomes a chore. You're like, right, I've got to get, I've got to listen to this one so I can listen to the next one. Yeah, it works and, with everything um, in life. If you walk past a, if you walk past a bakery, and you look in the window, there's a chocolate eclair there, and you think, fucking hell, I want that chocolate eclair. I'm gonna do my <laughs> shopping. I'm gonna go around to wherever, and I'm gonna come back and I get that chocolate eclair. That if you do that, it's amazing, isn't it? But if you just yeah. went in that bakery, well, I'll have a chocolate eclair, pack of pancakes, I'll have a custard slice, two of them Danish, and you just sit there with a massive bag of pastries. What, what are you gonna do then? Yeah. <laughs> That's you're no gonna, life. Uh, it's no way to live, is it? <laughs> no, you're going to add to the obesity. But that's what I did. It genuinely, it genuinely just changed. So now I, I just I was overwhelmed. I had too much. I didn't quite know what to know, listen to next, and and had too many. And uh, and then you and then you just find yourself a bit like Netflix. You know, Netflix. Now you sit there, you spend one yeah. hour. This is a cliche, but you spend one hour going, should we watch that, 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 not that, not that, not that, that. and then you go, and then you go, fuck, it's time for bed. You haven't watched yeah. anything. I find music yeah. was a bit once once we got into MP3s and iPods, and you've got eight thousand tracks on your thing. I found myself a bit like that. I couldn't. So then you end up on shuffle, and I, it's just not as satisfying as buying an album, listening to an album relentlessly, and then moving on once you're ready, kind of thing. I preferred that. I'm old. I'm old. That's. I'm exactly the same. I am. Um, I. That's exactly the the example I thought of when you started talking about that mm. Netflix, where you. Yeah. Um, that's exactly the I example I thought of. That's why I said it. Yeah, <laughs> and you absolutely <laughs> nailed it and said it far more succinct than I probably would. Um, I don't know about that, mate. I, uh, yeah, with Netflix, I get angry at myself. Do you do of that? Course. Where you flick through and go, so fucking indecisive. What is wrong with me? This is my yeah. problem in life. Yeah. And I well, start it's, hating it's, myself. Well, in the old days, in the old days, you would go to Blockbuster Video and and you yeah. would stand in front of the racks and, and the, your indecision was all played out in there. And then yeah. you'd get home and the indecision was over because you had your thing to watch, wasn't it? Whereas now we're, we're sitting in our lounges doing the equivalent of scouring the blockbuster racks for an hour before you think. But that was kind of more interesting because it was, a, it was a, a more engaging environment in blockbusters with other yeah. people coming and going and wondering whether your car was still all right parked on double yellows outside, whatever it was. It was more engaging than sitting in your lounge. And there was only one left of one of the copies Someone could come and get that in a minute, exactly. so you better make and your you mind up. And you could go and have a quick look at the filth over in the corner. 
you could you could yeah there's that and you could Netflix. buy snacks yeah um and you fancy off- the girl who worked behind the counter there's more, yeah. loads more going on yeah now i'm just sat next to my wife <laughs> on the <laughs> you're very confident she's not going to listen to this um <laughs> That, uh, well, uh, yeah, I, when we're going to watch something on Netflix, we have to have a recce the day before. Like a good yeah, hour, like you have a good, a look, good look through, yeah. add stuff to my list, and then you just plough through my list. But this, again, this is all the same with with music now. Spotify, YouTube. Yeah. I have YouTube on like an iPad with a speaker in the kitchen while I'm cooking. And I just find fuck, songs come on that I used to love, and now I have no... I'm just like, fuck, I've had that come on random about 12 times now and it's starting to piss me off. And I love that song. And yeah, you don't value any of it anymore. No, so if that's you, the thing. Yeah. Did you, when you were, uh, it's a standard question I asked, what, uh, what did your parents listen to? Do you remember when you were a kid getting into music? Do you remember hearing it? Well, my dad, my, dad, my dad was into classical stuff, a lot of classical music in the house, but he was also a jazz pianist. Um, really? Yeah, like oh. pretty much blind and couldn't read music, but completely by ear, he played um, jazz piano. And he was a pianist in a in a nightclub in Norway, um, like an all-night CD sort of nightclub in Norway, um, where he would just sort of play these tunes. And um, he played um, he played in my wedding actually. Oh, uh, lovely. He played He played in our wedding in two thousand and thirteen. Him and his him and his band, the, the Swing Boys, they called themselves. They were all in their eighties. Oh, it's hilarious. And my dad was blind and couldn't read music, but he was brilliant. Um, pianist. <laughs> I did his <laughs> talking of music of my dad. My dad, I did a, he died in October, right? And I did his, yeah. I did a wake in the night. So we had the funeral, socially distanced, 10 of us, whatever, you know. And then I did a wake, right? And I, I was hosting a, wake, a Zoom wake. Uh, <sighs> and uh, from people all over the world came to this thing. It was brilliant. It was, it was brilliant. It was a lovely celebration of his life. And I played his music and people got up and read poems and talked about him and what have you, right? Oh, that sounds nice. And yeah, and we all, I'm giving a little speech and things. It was really nice. And then at the end, I ended it with, talking of ending music, right? I ended it <sighs> with a track, one of my dad's favourite tracks, which reminded him it was Fats Waller, um, Two Sleepy People. And if you don't know it, check it out. It's a beautiful uh, track to sleepy people uh, and it ends on the words uh, good night like that right so oh, I finished oh. this zoom thing with this fat swallow went good everybody's crying right because it's quite emotional and I finished it and the fat swallow song went good night and I just went because I, I just went good night good night dad good night everyone and that was it right and then yeah. everybody was waving kind of thing. And then my iTunes flipped on the fucking Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> my, my last memory of that night is it flipped on to... It was, uh, I think it was something that you look good on the dance floor. It was one of the ones that starts really guitar thrashy like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh. it was all my, my abiding memory of the night is seeing all these faces just like that. And my nephew, my nephew just went like this. <laughs> and then I clicked leave meeting for all, finished the Zoom thing like that. That was the last two seconds. Oh, that is oh, beyond wow. a sitcom, that. It was, it was, it was, it was weirdly, it worked. I was saying to Sean after my wife said that, I said, that, oh, what, I can't believe it. That went so well. And then that, she goes, it worked. She said it was fine. It was fine. No, yeah. <laughs> it, it was fine. It, somehow it was really 
that really powerful. I've got it on. Um, I've, hey, I've got the end of the Zoom. You can put that up on your thing if you want. I recorded it. Yeah, I've lovely that moment, moment completely undermined. That would yeah. be lovely. That sounded like you absolutely nailed it. You thought, oh, fuck, I've nailed this. This can't, yeah. you know. It was so love, good. What and a then, lovely yeah. moment for all of us. And then, fuck, see, that's what you don't get. Like iTunes, I'd forgotten. I'd planned them. it all. You plan you can plan almost everything, can't you? But then I just hadn't planned that iTunes automatically goes on to the next thing. Like on Apple have to get involved, don't they? Yeah. Steve Jobs. There you go. There they are. They stole my dad's wake but it was yeah. uh it was funny man it was, that it was is funny hilarious, but so he was into he was jazz piano stuff fats waller that kind of thing and then a lot of classical uh i think my mother was it i don't think my mother was she was she wasn't i think she just liked sort of uh, anything really she wasn't especially she was musical but she wasn't i never really knew what she was into i never had to buy any music or sorry buy any music she would just dance around to whatever came on the radio but they uh-huh. i'm not sure how much they influenced my taste in music really I remember thinking when I was growing up, I thought my parents' taste in music was really boring. You know, when you well, you up, would, you don't, yeah, classical music and stuff. You don't really want that, do you? I mean, you can just about get that into that in your forties kind of thing. But as a kid, that would have been like yeah, another I quite world. I like it now. I like it now. Yeah, me, like it now. I especially jazz, jazz and stuff. Now, I love, I love listening to to jazz now. But God, Christ, when you're eight years old, you don't want to yeah. listen to fucking jazz. No, no I remember. No. I remember. I, with my dad going on about, I was saying, I remember, I remember saying to my dad when I was about, I don't know, I was before secondary school, I remember saying to my dad that this sounds like that they've just given the wrong music to everybody and told them to play at the same time. <laughs> that, was, that was my that definition a, of jazz at about eight years old, nine years old. You said that at eight or nine years well, old. It was, it was before absolutely... secondary school, I could see, I could see my dad sitting in a, in his chair, listening to I don't know whatever it was, some classical stuff. Um, and uh, I can remember saying that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was one of those things that my dad. It was one of those things that my dad would bring up, you know, and and uh, say, you know, ask me if I've started to appreciate it yet, or do you still think it? That's why I remember it is because it was like a family thing. But I mean, that is quite a witty cutting comment at that. Oh, it age. is. It's like fucking. Hey, honestly, it's like uh, what's his face, isn't it? <laughs> it's like Stephen Fry, not Stephen Fry. Who did Stephen Fry play? Oscar Wilde. That is, mate. It's Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Well, yeah. at that age, yeah. Um, uh, I could see the comedy career happening from a young age, and then, and then, uh, are you the oldest? No, youngest. Oh, you're youngest. the youngest. So, yeah. did they push music onto you? Well, my brother and sister. That? Yeah. Well, my sister was into the Beatles and stuff, uh, and uh, no, my brother, my brother was into heavy metal, like really into heavy metal. Every all, like he had a denim jacket with. You know, well, rock, heavy rock, rock and roll, heavy metal. He had posters of, uh, you know, from Led Zeppelin, Status Quo, Saxon, you know, um, Michael Schenker Group, UFO. Oh, God, what, what, all of that kind of stuff, Motorhead. Yeah. And, and I sort of, I, I wasn't into it at all. Not yeah. at all, but I, but because he, he was my brother, he was quite influential. So I, st- I, I started. This, I'm really young at this point. I'm, be, you know, again, be pre ten years old probably. Or what, I can't, or early, very maybe t- ten, twelve. 30. Yeah. I used to. I, I, I tried to be into Def Leppard, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I did quite like. I did quite like their first three albums, but I, but I was sort of like, you know, you know, when you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what the fuck you're yeah. all about. You're t- and, and so I said that they were my favourite band, and I was into them and stuff like that. But but I was faking it, and, I, and yeah. I couldn't. And like my brother was really into it, and um, 
had a denim jacket with patches all over it, those so-on patches with status quo and that kind of stuff all over it. It had hundreds and hundreds of albums. Uh, and I just had these... Def, well, I didn't even have the Def Leppard ones. I think they were his. But I just sort of said, though, these are my favourite band. Are they? They. Um, but you can't sustain that kind of pretense, can you? You know, if it's, yeah. not, if it's not authentic. I tried to style it out, but I. No, I, I uh, and I went off them as soon as they started things like Animal and that kind of stuff. The first three albums were on through the night: Def Leppard and Pyromania. They were good. I liked those. You gave it a good go. Three um, albums. He did have some. He did have some great. He, he had some stuff with, with him that stuck with me, though. He's like in my playlist on my show, uh, in the interval. Um, yeah. Is the zombies? She's not there, and that has stuck with me since I was a child. Like like my brother had an album called Formula Thirty, um, and it had some great stuff on there. Um, small faces. It had Shalalala Lee, Ichiku Park. It had. It, it, it was some. I think. I, I think I'm right in saying there's some brilliant stuff on there. Substitute the Who. Yeah. Um, and then one of this one track on there from a band called the Zombies that I'd never heard of, and she's not there. And th- and to this day, that's my favourite track. So that is in my playlist on this current show and every previous show. And I must have played oh. it on Radio Wales dozens of times. I imagine. That is, uh, wow! So he did in my you most favourite. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, that totally, that track certainly came from him. Yeah. So um, I, like, I like the thought of you thinking, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm a, they're my favourite band. Yeah, it's, a fun, yeah. it's quite you a child thing. thing. You know that it. thing where you, like, go, yeah, they're my tra- favourite band. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it, and it so was I'm only because my brother was into it, and I had no sense, no identity, no ideas of my own. I was yeah. literally nothing. So then, so then, when did you get? <laughs> when did when did you get? Your uh, own identity and your ideas, your own. When well, music came in a lot long after that, what band did you go? Oh no, this is how it feels to have a favourite band. You, well, I, ne- I don't think I ever had a favourite band after that. The Zombies was always my favourite track since since then. Really, yeah, I must have realised that in my about ten, twelve years older, that was my favourite track, and it's been ever since. And um, I think probably. I was probably quite a lot older. I think then I went through a. I grew up in a very, a very sort of normal town, Welsh town, small town, without much um, really interesting musical stuff happening. Uh, you know, there was one punk in our town uh, called Trance uh, Anthony, he's a, a friend of mine, um, who's sadly no longer with us. But he was called An- Trance the Punk. The, he was called uh, the Trance the, the Punk. punk. Was his he was the yeah. one punk. And nobody really yeah. knew what was what he was doing. Um, there wasn't, uh, or certainly it didn't touch me. If there was a music scene more more interesting, it didn't touch me. I was part of a very, I was just in a comprehensive school with a bunch of lads and girls, and but yeah. very very normal. And we just listened to what was in the charts, and we just got fed whatever was in the charts, and none of us were going, "Hey, have you heard this? What's going on? Yeah, you know, on some weird obscure thing. Hey, have you heard this pirate radio station? There was none of that. We were just, we got fed whatever was in the charts and we went for it and we liked it, you know. So so my teenagers were all U2, Simple Minds, you know, Cindy Lauper, whatever, literally whatever was, I took it on face value, that's it. Yeah. And some of that could be heavy metal-ish, it could be Iron Maiden woman, it could it could be literally fucking Krista Burr the next minute, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was some of it really embarrassing. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it was whatever was in the the charts. Absolutely, I, th- I think probably the first time where I started to go, oh, okay, I'm I'm actually developing more of a taste was probably in the nineties, uh, where I started to go because I missed things like Manchester. 
Yeah. I, I, I missed the, the Manchester rave scene and the Hacienda and all of that. I just completely passed me by. I don't know where I was. Well, I know I was in France for, some, for a year of it, but fuck knows what I was doing for the rest of it. Um, but I, I guess in the 90s, I started getting into a bit of, I guess it was Britpop probably. It was the first thing that came along where I went, I, I, really, I, really, I really like this. And my brother's not around anymore. You know, I don't live at home with my family. There's nothing, this is just me on my own. And I started getting into Radiohead and and uh, Portishead, a you know I get Blur. I know is not Britpop, but you know Blur, Oasis, all of that stuff, Supergrass, whatever it was. Yeah, wow. So you um, uh, that is funny that this you know the thought of your town. That's not a music scene, is it? One bloke as a punk. No, no, there was. But, um, uh, they may there may have been somebody listening to this might go, oh, you missed out. I'm I, I, I prepared to accept that I might have missed out. Um, that is the uh, thing, but there was, music- to my knowledge, there was there was nothing. You know, there was no really no, no live music scene. There were, I didn't know anybody in bands. I never met anyone in a band. I'd never been to a live music gig. No, me There was, was nothing. I mean, where where was your nearest big town? Was it Swansea? Well, it would have been Swansea. Was a sit the nearest city? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm sure there would have been. I, I feel vaguely guilty because I'm sure there would have been probably stuff happening, you know, but I wasn't yeah. tuned into it. It's a wavelength and a frequency, isn't it? I wasn't tuned into that. My friends weren't, you know, we weren't. That's the funny thing when they talk about things, music scenes that happen like Manchester and Britpop and that like every single person in the country was a part of it at that time. If you say it to someone who was around at that time, do you remember that? Quite often people are like, I don't, no, I was fucking working. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember Manchester. Oh, that shit to no. do. No, I don't, I, so, it all completely, absolutely passed me by, you know. But then I yeah. wasn't, I, w- I was pretty mainstream. I was pretty very sort of normal. You know, I was, again, I, I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't particularly into music and I wasn't into drugs and I wasn't into, you know, any reason really why I would have got into it particularly. I, I, I knew Stone Roses and things, I liked them, but, you know, there was no... Wasn't a calling. Yeah. I didn't feel that calling. You know, I think that's what it is, isn't it? Is if you feel that calling to that group of people and that music, and I didn't feel it. I guess. I wish I had. I really wish I had. Yeah. Yeah. So you, but you sound like you've no. There's not like a band that you say I'm absolutely obsessed with them. You no, just never generally been. never been. No. Ah, so you're like I'm a bit like that with like football. Like, I don't support a team. I just like the game and yeah, players. That's, that's quite rare, isn't it? That. <laughs> yeah. So it's like. It's like that with uh, music quite often, is that you don't... Ev- not everyone has a band they're obsessed with. You're just obsessed with music and you dip in and out of stuff like that. You sound yeah. a bit more like that. Yeah, definitely, but, definitely. And lots of different Brit- genres as well, lots of different genres I, I really enjoy. You know, I really like jazz, I really like blues, I really like um, sort of, I don't know, I wouldn't describe it as Welsh music, but things like Super Furries and... You know that kind of stuff, and then there's yeah, I like I really like Brit pop stuff. I really like I, I quite I quite like some classical stuff. All right, um, yeah, do because you, you're you're a bit little bit older than me, so you'd have appreciated Brit pop a bit more. I was I was really young and just starting to get into music. Yeah, I was in my I was in my I was in my twenties, so that was that was yeah, that was that oh, was that great. Uh, good. That, was, that was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And Catatonia and all that. Yeah, there was some oh, yeah, great. great stuff. Great stuff around it. Was you quite aware at the time of Britpop? Do you remember thinking, fucking hell, there's shit loads of bands at the moment? Yeah, definitely. And, and Blur and Oasis was so dominant, you know, not, not, not just in the charts, which... And the, back then, the charts was still a thing. I mean, I, I don't know 
what role the charts plays for young people anymore. Yeah. I don't imagine it plays much of a role. But back then, it was still sort of, you know, the charts on a Sunday evening on Radio 1 kind of thing, and who's going to be number one. And I'm, and I'm sure these conversations go on today, but they don't feel like they've got a national resonance that it felt like everybody would have, even, even my parents would have known the Blur versus Oasis sort of, that, you know, kind of thing. And everybody would have known about that thing. And it was a really sort of, it felt like a, a thing of some national importance. <laughs> I, yeah. Now, I don't imagine that so-and-so featuring so-and-so featuring so-and-so featuring so-and-so featuring so-and-so <laughs> is, is that big a deal. No. I, I don't know. <laughs> every now and every now and again you see someone saying uh about a song or an artist that they uh the most downloaded artist of this year or number one on the blah 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 charts this year yeah and you can tell even the band are like are we Fuck, well, fucking yeah right. exactly but it's yeah. like it's like it's like um it's like boxing belts in it you know no, oh, yes, being all everybody's else. number one in some chart or other, you know. So if you <laughs> or everyone's got, got some kind of boxing belt, you know, it's like rem- WBO I versus rem- WBO. <laughs> yeah, the interim interim belt. That's uh, the one. I remember the um. Uh, I do remember at school that when pe- people knew who who was number one. I remember that. I remember. I remember as well thinking as well how thick I was that you see who was number one that week, and I'd go. Who who chose that as the best song? I didn't realise it was who had sold the most. I thought someone had picked the songs in order of how good they were, and I'd be fucking furious that someone yeah. was at number twelve. And it's like, yeah, but that was out four months ago. That's why. Do, that's do people 12. listen to the charts anymore? I mean, I, we you listen. I used to record the charts as a yeah. kid, so we had a you had a the radio, and then when I was start, you know. As I went through my earlier years, we, we had a radio with a little cassette deck in the front and you could press yeah. play and record and you could record the radio. So we used to, rec- yeah. I used to record the charts. That was how I got my music and played my music. I didn't have any, I, I didn't ha- really have any, re- my brother had albums, he used to buy albums because he was working, you know, like a bit older. And But I didn't have any money or anything. So I used to just record the charts. That was my music. So you'd have a little tape with this yeah. week's charts on it and it was the top yeah. 10 or whatever, and so you had the ones that they played out of the top 10 from the radio. That was your music collection. Yeah, there was and then you'd, songs, next there was... Sunday you'd record it again, and, and, and you would sit there. You know, I can remember Sunday nights were about who was the countdown and who, who, yeah. was, up, who was up two places at number four and who was down a bit. And that, 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 that was my music collection, was, was my little cassette with the charts, April 4th, week of commencing, April 4th, whatever, whatever, you know, not week commencing, yeah. that's, a, that's a very adult admin put thing to do, but, you know, the, the charts this <laughs> <Fourteen>. week. 14. <laughs> yeah. Week uh, commencing. Yeah, but it had an impact on you, you know. It, you cared who, where the songs you liked were and their positions relative to others and stuff, you know, and you were disappointed when you got to number one. Does, is that still a thing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if young people now have that same relationship with music. They may do. I don't know. But I remember. I remember that where there were songs on that top ten. You'd record the top ten or something like that. The songs on there you had no interest in that are now still are deeply ingrained in you just because they were on there somewhere yeah. between three songs that you actually liked in that top ten. Yeah. You had it for ages. I used to go to um, I used to go to Glastonbury around that in my in the nineties as well. I used to go to Glastonbury quite a lot. That was uh, did you? That was that was a nice place to discover bands and things. Yeah, yeah. What, and until what? recently, I be I was going to the Six Music Festival. That's a, that's a great place for for new music. 
Where is that held? That one. It varies. So the one it changes every year. So so um, they stopped it for a while. I, th- I think there were, I think there was one there was one up in uh, like Aberdeen or something or Dundee uh-huh. or something. I went the one I went to was in Bristol. I think they've had one in London. So it moves all over the place. But it's a great. You get a ticket, a pass for the whole weekend sort of thing. And then and then I've seen some great stuff there, like white denim and. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know. I think I saw Songhoi Blues there, and but some some great stuff. Goat and people like that. Some great fun, slightly less uh, well known stuff going on there. Is there a band at Glastonbury that you remember seeing at Glastonbury? Is there a band at Glastonbury who you weren't that bothered about or that into that you saw play live and then Chemical Brothers? That, yeah, you just Chemical want... Brothers. I discovered in Glastonbury on the other stage. Definitely didn't know anything about them when I rocked up. Absolutely. I mean, very very small crowd. <laughs> You know, we're yeah. talking about being being there at the start of somebody's uh, thing. I mean, they obviously had a bit of a following because they were on the other stage, not the main stage. But they, but that was you were like, oh, okay, all right, this is this is something, this is a thing. Um, yeah. I do you know what I can't I can't remember now because I get my festivals mixed up. So you know, where was it that I saw Courtney Barnett? You know, was that Green Man Festival? Maybe people like that that yeah. I've uh, discovered. But definitely festivals are a place for. Green man, says Sean. All right, there we are. Um, <laughs> Hi, Sean. <laughs> uh, it was a flying, a passing passing heckle as she walked past. But the, uh, oh, I mean, Radiohead I saw in Glastonbury, but I, I was a huge fan of Radiohead, but I was with uh, a girlfriend at the time who yeah. um, she she didn't really think they were boring, but she but she wasn't into their sound like I was, right? And she got really drunk, and there was like a hundred thousand people there. She was at the back of the field, and just to wind me up, she was going boring, boring, <laughs> to the back. and it was one of the mud years. It was in the All mid right. late nineties, and. Um, <laughs> It was like the mud was incredible. You're up to your knees in it, you know. Like this is why we were, yeah. at, the, we were at the back and then trying to get somewhere that was vaguely dry. It was like horrific. And um, she was going boring, boring. <laughs> I was going shut the fuck up. With you. And um, she found it tremendously amusing. Oh, and, I thought uh, this. I thought that was going to end with she got pelted with mud from. Oh, worse angry. than that. Worse than that. She she slipped and fell in the mud, yeah. and and about. About fifteen, uh, in a, a single file, Japanese um, <laughs> people came through, pushing through the crowd, all in emergency ponchos. And yeah. Every single one of them, it was a comedy sketch. Honestly, every single one of them trod on my girlfriend's head. So the whole thing, all I could do was like, boring. Ow! Sorry. (laughs) Ow! Sorry. Ow! Sorry. She was getting just, all of them just trod on her as they pushed through this crowd. It was one of the funniest moments of my life. Absolutely Monty Monty Python. Boring. Ow! Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Times in a row. She got her head, got deeper and deeper into the mud. Just left her down there. Fuck it. Yeah, well, yeah. She's not going to appreciate the bends. She deserves to be there. Do, but do you like what? What about all the as they went massively changed from out? Did you go with it? Was from it, Kid A? Yeah. Was there some albums that you went? Oh no, 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 not at all. Far, no, no, they, they, the big change. You went with them. Yeah, it was Good. the first ones were Pablo Honey, the Benz, OK Computer, so, and then yeah. with Kid A, they, they changed. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the, the, you know, the word on the street was, ah, oh, they've changed it. No, I loved it. I loved Kid A. I went, I went with them. Oh, good. Well, I'll be honest, my brother, my older brother's massive Radiohead fan, and that mm. kind of sort of turned me against them a bit because he was yeah. so... And I was into Oasis, so he was kind of, oh, they're fucking free chords, you know. 
this is real music. So that made me go, oh, fuck off, radio. Yeah, yeah. But I, but uh, uh, later after I got into them and then had to go, all right, fair enough. I see what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. See what he was saying, but I'm still, I'm still, what's the story, morning glory till I die. Yeah, but, well, fair enough. Um, fair enough. But if you listen I to Radiohead now, it's really interesting. If you if you listen to a Radiohead track on your phone, on like when, on your on your just on your music thing on your phone, your Apple Music or whatever it is, and yeah. the lyrics scroll up the screen, like you know, with the sort of ball on the top jumping along the lyrics of Radiohead. They haven't got the ball jumping along the top, but the yeah. lyrics scroll up the screen yeah. as the track is playing. It's like a feature of the app, and <laughs> check it out. It's really interesting. Because I guarantee right. you, almost every single line that you ever sang along with with Radiohead was wrong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like you're like going that shirt makes you look pretty ugly, <laughs> and it's like it's like that sure makes you want to. It's uh, ev- everything. You're like, what is that? What Tom is singing there? It's a, yeah, it's, it would be quite hard to hear the actual lyrics over all of those guitar effects. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. a big, it's a big wall of sound, isn't it? And yeah, and yeah. he really draws it out, you know. But it's uh, it's quite interesting to to look at the lyrics because you'd go, God, is that what he's been singing all these, the last 20 years I've been listening to that. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, sometimes that makes the song better or sometimes worse. Well, it, gives you, it, it means you can revisit it and find something new every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, cause you'd have met quite a few musicians when you hosted, Never Mind the buzzcocks. Did you, yeah. um, the problem with musicians I find is it must be hard for them cause they're just musicians and sometimes they're interviewed and you, they're expected to be interesting or, articulate or funny and you're like well you think well they write songs that's that's how they express themselves don't expect them to say it all but was there that rather than be negative be positive on the bus on bus box <laughs> was there was there some music that's how before? i ran the show i tried i tried to be uh i tried to be positive i, I tried to uh uh take it in a uh, a more positive direction, perhaps. But uh, yeah, go on. yeah that's well that's what i thought with what the musicians some of them they would have come on and you thought oh fuck he might be hard work or she might not really have much to say for herself. Was there ones that really surprised you and were really funny and a good laugh? The, the, only, one I re- the only one I remember saying is, uh, I can remember, I can re- the only one I remember, where, because in 2009 I hosted it, um, but I'd never hosted it before. I'd, I'd been on it once on the panel four years earlier, but they invited me back to host it in 2009. And I'd been on, I'd been on tour, I think, somewhere in Newcastle or something like that, and I had a city centre hotel after the tour. I can't, you might even have been with me. I can't remember, but but I I couldn't sleep. I was nervous about buzzcocks, and there was noise outside. There was like stag and end dudes outside city centre. And in the end, about four in the morning, I sort of went into the toilet and took my duvet in and pillow into the toilet in this hotel room. And I was lying there trying to get some sleep, and I got about two hours kip in the end. And then I went into town in the morning, and I bought a t-shirt for the you know for the show that night. And then I travelled down to London. And I got there, and, and then I'm, of course I'm in briefing meetings and stuff. And yeah. you know it was a big deal for me at the time big deal and I was knackered and stuff and then um, what's his name Kemp Uh, (laughs) you know Martin Kemp Spandau Ballet yeah Yeah. so he was he was on the panel right and 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 going into that gig, hosting Buzzcocks first time, you're, you're aware of its legacy you're aware of things that have happened on their big moments where people have walked off and what have you you know you're aware that musicians can have egos and you're aware that um, the script that's been got together with, with your involvement, but it, it, it can be, you know, quite uh, harsh. Yeah. And so you're quite nervous. So I can remember standing outside and meeting, um, it's Martin Kemp, isn't it? Yeah. Martin Kemp. Um, 
uh, outside and me kind of going, look, you know, uh, you know, some, I, I hope I hope you're taking the right way. You know, it's just gonna be a laugh. You know, and yeah. And then um, he said something like, he said something like, well, if it's not, I'll just walk off, and I or something like that. And I and rather than going. I've never been the type of person to go, oh, great, that's what we want. Look at the viewing figures. That'll be really hilarious if I can make him walk off. I've never been like that. You know, I want, no. I want to have fun. I want people to have fun. Everyone, inclusive, you know. And um, so I thought, oh, fucking hell, I'm going into this now. And the guy sitting next to me is already threatening to walk off, in a, you know. And, <laughs> and yeah. nerve-wracking, you know. And I'd, I'd asked them to get Greg on for a bit of, they said, do you want, can you, who do you want to get on with you if you want somebody you know well to get on for, to, so as a friendly yeah. face there, because it's a big gig. So I've got Greg there, you know, and what have you. And um, he was on the panel. Greg and Davis, then, yeah. And then, and then Kemp, yeah. So, and then Kemp was absolutely start to finish delightful. Like, like mm. as soon as the cameras came on, he was funny, engaging, charming, fucking warm, generous. He was fucking brilliant. The relief, honestly, for me, was just immense. Like, so that's oh, that's the only one I really, really remember. After after that, it's uh, you know, you're, you're week by week, you're into a production thing. I've got. I remember Adam Ant being on there. I remember Matt Healy from 1975. I, I, I can remember people being on there. What's his name from the Sex Pistols? Um, what's his name? I can't remember now. Uh, Johnny Rotten. Hmm? Johnny Rotten? No, 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 no. Um, bassist whose name I, f- I forget. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I can't remember now. Yeah. Can't remember. Uh, anyway, but uh, so I remember people being on there, but 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 he stands out the most because I was so nervous going out there. I was, yeah. a, I was a nervous wreck, you know. Uh, and then he was just good as good as gold. I remember thinking, was he winding me up? Was he? Uh, was he, I don't know. Christ knows. I don't. I got but no I bet idea, every but. time <laughs> you see him on anything else on telly now, you go, ha, oh, there he is, like an old friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there he is. Yeah. His son now yeah. is a radio DJ. Is he? And he's really good. And I, I did a, I did a warm up on a TV show, and he was on it. And he was very much like you've described his dad. He was really funny, engaging, brilliant. He was really funny. But um, yes. Yeah, so to finish off, then Rod, one uh, as you miss, uh, Ray, you miss song pushing a little bit. You don't get to do it as much. Yeah. You could just do finish off on just one, final one. If there is a song or an album. Or even just an artist, you would ab- you don't think probably everyone knows of, or they even do, but you don't think they're they're, you know, maybe people don't like them as much as they possibly could. That you would implore them to try and get into. There's so, or there's someone you're into at the moment that you would. Uh... So I remember who would I, who would I put if I was on Radio Wales now. Who would I push today? Oh, that's a good, that's a good, it's a good way. It's a better it? question than I've just asked you. Go with your question. That's far better. So what I would do, if this was a Friday and, and my, the show was on tomorrow yeah, uh, and the producers are going, hey, have you got your songs ready? You got them? Come on, mate. We need them through. It's Friday. I've got to dig them up. And then, because and, and then, they've got they've got to do a, an edit. They've got to listen to them, check a language, yeah. check, check they're suitable and everything. Especially, they used to fucking hate it when I used to give them French songs because they used to have to get them translated to see. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this was what would happen. This The producer would be like a you. Radio Wales. This is exactly what would happen. So we get Tracy. She done. She got B. GCC French. She's got GCC French. Go through it. <laughs> but this is exactly what happened. They would ring me up and go, right, you got your choices. And, I, and, then, and then I would today, Friday, I would go out there and I and I would look, find something, and go, I really love that. I want to introduce that to Radio Wales. So oh, so we can um, we'll do it that do way. It in we'll real do it that time way. then. This, yeah, we'll do it in real time. Way. This could be my gift to you. Yeah. That just one 
that you and we'll put it on the end and uh we'll, i'll mention it in the um in the description or something that that's the one the last song yeah okay yeah. and i okay. will uh, i'll go and i'll go and spend the rest of my day rooting around signing for packages and rooting around yeah in the gaps between avenues. packages arriving and me doing other podcasts yeah this is what you'll do oh there you go then I'll lovely a, thanks I'll rod find a track pleasure it has been a bloody pleasure to talk to you as usual who and, would you um, introduce me to um oh i didn't expect that to come back at me that's hard yeah. isn't it i realized the position quid pro quo mate don't get yeah. no, don't get something for nothing quid pro quo i want this is like uh, this is like a really benign music-based silence of the lambs yeah <laughs> i'll give you some information you give oh, it back i've got one i've got i've got one that Go on. a newer band to me but a few people know them i i can't believe how how i've uh how great they are not everyone knows of them i think a lot of younger people do dmas called dmas and um just the letters DMAs. yeah dmas they supported liam gallagher on tour and i heard them on the radio i thought oh give me a listen just because they supported him and now I can't stop listening to them. And they look. what's funny about them is they look like um, Scallies from Manchester or they look like, you know, they're trying to look, you know, they you know look like geezers from East London or something. And they're Aussies. They're all from Sydney. They're dressed like they're English. They must be in a lovely warm climate, dressed in like big Burberry shirts and hats and stuff like You must be sweating your asses off, lads. Must be a fashion statement. It must be. But, it's oh, weird that get, when people don't just dress... With- completely for pra- practicality isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah you have to have your old it's all right for the video of the of the, of the song but you have to spend your day like that um but yeah dmas start off with the track silver okay what a song that is what a song i think i've pushed okay. them recently on somebody else um but yeah and i'll, I'll check i'll check them yours, out and i'll put it on the end thanks okay Rod. mate yeah well nice that's a nice little teaser i will find something today and, and stick it on there can it be in any language yeah oh yeah I'm not I quite like it. I quite like a bit of Malian blues and I quite like a bit of French hip hop and stuff. So it could be, oh or it could be Welsh. Could be, oh God, could be anything. Could be anything. Lovely. Could be anything. <laughs> Lovely. Could be anything. <laughs> a podcast from producer Paul Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support comes from ServiceNow the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.